right, hello everyone. This is Peter Miller for Smarter Than BPD. Today is June 7th, 2023, and this is episode 39 in the series. Um, I just recently returned from Vancouver, British Columbia, from my trip to see my favorite band, The Cure. It was an amazing show. Uh, it's the third time that I've seen them in 27 years. But I have to say, uh, it was an interesting experience, and I think I set myself up for a little bit of uh, mental health work that I had to do um, because of what I mentioned in the previous episode <laughs> about my plans to uh, try and get Robert Smith's attention to play one of my favorite songs, one of my favorite and very obscure songs called Scared Is You. So I did actually make a uh, sign to hold up um, that was about, uh, I don't know, three feet by four feet uh, in dimensions. And I wrote in very big letters um, uh, what I was hoping to happen and saying hello to Robert in the sign. And I also uh, said in my signage that I was a 30-year fan. So I guess my expectations were probably a little bit elevated. Um, we were sitting on the floor about 15 rows back, um, which is, I guess, a little bit further than I was imagining. And could have made it somewhat difficult for uh, a performer to uh, read a sign, even if it was written in uh, large font. Um, and I was also careful to hold up the sign when the bright lights were shining on the audience and where Robert was sort of walking around and looking in our direction. So I had to find the the right moment. I think I found two of those moments uh, in the whole three-hour show where I could do that. Um, and I'm I'm not sure when I held up the sign, he I think he looked in our direction and he might have tried to read what I had on the sign. Um, but wouldn't you know it, uh, that they never played the song. And... Uh, I I think I had it in my mind, you know, like this was a real possibility that they might, you know, and because, you know, I'm a hardcore fan. I've, I've been listening to them for 30 years and I've driven to Vancouver with my friends three times, uh, which is a 24 hour round trip from where uh, we live. You know, so we I think we drove like with pit stops and everything about 80 hours, you know, roughly in that ballpark to see our favorite band um, three times in 27 years. Um, so, I mean, I really enjoyed the show. I was singing along and everything. And, you know, they played a lot of uh, tunes that I, I, I really enjoy and have enjoyed over the years. Um, 
But because my expectations were kind of elevated, and and I would say, I guess, that thinking it through, quite unrealistic, um, uh, my feelings, I think, were a little bit, uh, they went to a, a difficult place when I was uh, watching the show. And um, I think I could say I even had a little bit of a splitting moment where I was like, you know what, they just don't even, you know, he doesn't even care that I am such a devoted listener and fan. And, you know, I've put in so much effort to, um, to come to the concert and spent so much time listening and even trying to play their songs on my guitar. I mean, and I, I know I'm like one of millions, right, who is probably in the exact same uh, boat for uh, being a fan of that nature. I don't know. But so I had this kind of splitting moment where I was thinking, you know, I felt like I'm just done. Like, I, I don't even want to be a fan anymore, right? Because it's like he doesn't even care. Um, I was feeling hurt, sad, uh, frustrated, and uh, like disappointed. And... Um, so I had to like uh, process that and and it took me, you know, a little bit of time actually to do that because I think I invested so much of my expectations in this uh, this situation. And, um, you know, I was even thinking it's a real possibility that, you know, he would play a song that I want to hear. So... Um, Thinking it through a bit more, I mean, the following day, <laughs> I, uh, you know, st st came to realize that, um, okay, so, you know, no doubt they probably see these things in the audience regularly. And they probably also have a, a very um, kind of highly choreographed um, presentation. I mean, because they have lots of uh, imagery going on in the background and um you know everything is all the lighting is is specific to a particular song and the way things are are happening so i mean no doubt they probably give it to all their engineers um you know they tell them this is what we're going to play tonight in what order and this is where the encores are going to be and so on and so forth right um so that's probably more likely um the part of the reality that I wasn't, you know, accepting. And, um, and also that, uh, they are, you know, in a position to, to do what they want with their time <laughs> and they don't need to, you know, abide by uh, what the audience is asking. They have the, in other words, they have the, the power in the situation and there's probably a very good chance that my, you know, my sign couldn't even be read from the distance that um, we were at. So, I mean, I was, um, I recently put a post up in the Smarter Than BPD Facebook page about willfulness and willingness. And I think I was kind of in a state of kind of some willfulness there, even though at the same time, I still very much enjoyed the show. Uh, but I was, you know, if you look at this list here, um, there's a a list of what willfulness means and a list of what willingness means um, in this post that I made. And so I think I was quite close-minded. I was kind of like being a bit self-centered and kind of obstinate um, and kind of like just denying reality a bit. And 
and and then kind of holding a grudge and being a bit bitter and that, you know when this kind of the little splitting moment happened i mean no one would have known this because i mean i pretty much do all of this work internally now like nothing much shows on the on the outside but i mean it definitely was happening and it it took a little bit to switch to being willing to being open-minded and to explore different options be flexible and you know to just kind of like remember you know it's not all about me and uh there's lots of uh things that happen in these um situations that may or may not have you know may or may not be according to my perceptions and my understanding of what it takes to um put a rock show together and um i mean of course there i mean what if they had you know 10 people in the audience holding up a sign they can't accommodate everybody but my thinking kind of is at this point that they just kind of they have it all pre-planned but that could be wrong too right because i just don't know i'm just kind of trying to be open and being accepting and um open to different possibilities which uh you know helps me to not be splitting and not not be kind of being kind of bitter and now i still kind of want to be a fan <laughs> right instead of just kind of like uh give up that part of my my interest in in music so i thought you know today would be a good opportunity to just kind of go into reality acceptance and this this um difference between willfulness and willing willingness using some of these examples <clears throat> pardon me i also had another uh, example i was going to share that um um one where i was uh kind of pressured to accept reality quite quickly <laughs> i was uh driving on the road uh, home from work one day and um there was this gigantic piece of like um oil machinery i don't even know what it was but it was large and it was traveling at about like 60 to 70 kilometers per hour and people were passing this vehicle right because they were traveling kind of slow and i couldn't see any signals on this vehicle to indicate if they were going to be turning anytime like it was just a big strange vehicle so I decided that I was going to pass this vehicle as well. Uh, but right when I decided to pass, like all the other vehicles were passing, um, they decided to turn onto a range road. And my, um, my decision was to, you know, I could, I could be uh, a very willful and say, you know, they didn't signal and everyone else is passing and I should be able to pass. And so I'm just going to like ram right into them. But I mean, that would have killed me. So uh, I decided to um, drive into the ditch and uh, kind of like try and save my life, which I was luckily able to do. I did kind of drive out on the other side of the range road because it was very, I was right in the corner part of the, you know, where the road turns. And so I, I drove in and then I kind of drove out and then their gigantic wheel kind of crushed my passenger door. But they um, didn't do any more crushing other than that. But that was kind of like a, 
kind of like a very quick reality acceptance experience for me. Uh, because, you know, it was a matter of like life and death. So that's, that's another one I wanted to, um, put in there. I mean, I guess there's a bit of an additional aspect to that story. Um, so after they crushed my door, they just kept driving down the range road, like, like they didn't even notice. And I was, then I was kind of like thinking at the time, I can't believe they didn't even like stop or notice or, um, you know, try to see if I was hurt or dead or, or anything. Right. But this vehicle was so big, uh, and the wheel was literally like the size of my door. Um, after the fact, I mean, after I was kind of thinking it through more, um, it kind of like, you know, and there was a bit of an investigation. I did alert the police and everything, of course, but, uh, there, they were saying that they didn't even notice that they struck anybody, which I guess is a possibility because, I mean, the vehicle was so big and, uh, they probably couldn't even see from where they were sitting in the vehicle. Like if some little car, I was just driving a little Chevrolet Cavalier, if some little car would have been driving up near where they were or, you know, close to even driving underneath them. So that was another part of the reality acceptance after the fact that, you know, and again, in this situation, they have the power, right? They have the, the biggest vehicle. And if, if anyone was going to gonna get run over, it was going to be me. So that's part of like, you know, when you're in a situation, like in every situation is different. So like every, every reality is different. Um, sometimes you can, um, uh, get what you want and ask for what you want. Uh, and depending on the situation, you may be able to, to get it. Uh, but you also, you know, may, may not be able to get what you want. And depending on who you're dealing with and basically who has the power in each situation. <clears throat> so I, I wanted to share those stories uh, just to give you a way of kind of pondering um, reality acceptance. And it does, you know, it does come with some emotional challenges like you can't just kind of step right into willingness and i think that's an important piece to understand like if i wasn't if i wasn't like at a place where i could notice and um kind of work through my my emotions and like validate my emotions and and i guess talk to others who could have a sensitivity towards that and help me to settle um some of my emotions and the and help me to relax some of the initial perceptions about the events, um, then it would be a lot harder for me to let go of the initial perceptions or interpretations. And that's a very classic um, issue with BPD is where you kind of, you, you have, you form the initial perception and then it's very hard to detach from that perception because the emotion is so strong and when people with bpd do this i honestly don't think that they are trying to be you know 
obstinate or willful. They just literally don't have the skills for processing the emotions so that they can have more flexibility um, to be able to consider different interpretations, consider different facts. And it's almost like the more they stay stuck and if the people around them don't understand their BPD, then they're going to keep kind of invalidating their their initial perception, which of course is um, irrational, but to the person with BPD, it seems very rational and very valid. And they, they just can't let go of it until they are able to relax the emotions that are uh, getting them to cling to that perception. Like, and it's almost like it f could feel like, you know, like when you can't manage the emotions and you're thinking that that's the right, that that is reality, uh, it can seem like a, like a matter of life and death, really. Like it's like you're, you're hold or like you're holding on, trying to hold on to your sanity. Like I know what I saw kind of thing. Right. <clears throat> and so I, you know, I try and build in this, um, some empathy into the episodes. And if you know someone with BPD or, or you know, and if you have BPD to, um, have, empathy and compassion for yourself as well because it's not like you're trying to be difficult it can seem like you're trying to be difficult but i don't think you actually are trying to be difficult you are just not in a place of being skilled enough yet to uh, settle and regulate the emotions in uh, such a way that you can look at things with a more of a wise mind where you in, are able to consider other perceptions, other interpretations, in, incorporate other facts into your thinking. Uh, it's a very difficult thing to do. And also remember it, it's not like, um, it's not like you can't learn how to do it. And it's also not like you should know how to do it at this stage of your life if you have never been exposed to the understanding, learning, and skills that would have helped you to be able to do it at this stage. Because like where a lot of people end up drowning in shame is where they say, I should know by now, because of my age, how to live with all of my emotions, how to do all of the mental gymnastics, have all of the skills that I need um, to be you know, a full functioning adult. And that's just a bunch of crap because how are you supposed to know what you have never learned? These things don't just like happen by osmosis. They don't just happen automatically like you grow a set of teeth in your mouth. Uh, mental health skills need to be acquired, you know, either through, you know, modeling from others or direct instruction from others. Um, and it also is easier for people who don't have um, amygdala area in the brain that runs hot. Like some people don't didn't inherit that kind of genetics. So genetically, it's just easier for some people. They don't need to worry about learning to regulate the emotions. So the thing is, some of us do, and that's part of the reality of life as well. Um, and if you know if you're a person with BPD, it's like you gotta go. Okay, that's my 
that's my reality. And I got to figure out how to learn these skills and live in my body so that I can function more effectively in all the different situations of life that can sometimes be, you know, kind of challenging in relationships, you know, or in concerts or, you know, any in work environments, in family life. There's so many different places, right, where things can kind of um, get uh, kind of toxic if we don't know how to do these things, which is basically, you know, uh, have self-awareness, recognize that we're making perceptions, interpretations, recognize that we have emotions that need to be attended to, you know, uh, have ways to work through our thoughts and think of things in different ways and to otherwise be able to build ourselves up and nurture ourselves. But these things are all possible for people with BPD and BPD is a very treatable uh, issue. So please keep that in mind as well. It just takes time and effort and then you get stronger and stronger. It's not like uh, you are ever completely rid of it because it's been part of your kind of like um, programming since childhood, but you can uh, more or less master it. So I hope this episode helps today and uh, I could share my story and how I continue to work through these things as well. Please do rate and review Smarter Than BPD in Apple Podcasts or Spotify. There are links available at the top of smarterthanbpd.info. And uh, please also um, note that I'm uh, currently running my Smarter Than BPD Premium Skills Training Program. And we will be uh, talking about the experiences of the participants, hopefully sometime in the near future. And then uh, as well, bringing on uh, other students. So thanks for listening today. <laughs>